This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado, The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Air Buds Podcast, a podcast about internet radio. Uh, my name is Jamil. My name is Peter. Uh, it's a two-man weave today. No Michael Benner. He's uh, out of the country. Out of the country on business. Uh, out of the country lives- on business. Does not quarantine when he leaves as well. Just goes. That's true. Got on a plane, no mask. Yeah. FaceTimed us from a middle seat. <laughs> as soon as the plane lands, he just sprints out of the airport. He is... Cr- He's, he's wild and out of control. But that's not important. Happy basketball, my dude. Let's get that out of the way. Um, bueno baloncesto to you as well. Uh, quick business, as you do. Five-star review us and we'll read whatever you want on the pod. If you want to influence the conversation, if you want to be like Mark Zuckerberg and influence what's happening in a way that is far beyond your reach, leave us a five-star review and you can determine. I just watched The Social Dilemma last night, so you can tell them. Yeah, I was about to say, one. that was a little, you put Listen, a lot of yeah. sauce on it. I left my phone outside of the bedroom, so I'm I'm I'm, change, I'm a changing person. Uh, yeah, five star review us patreon.com slash AirBudsPod. We still have um, some smalls and some double and triple XL T-shirts for the NBA bubble. That if you buy, we are um, we are donating that money to the LA Food Bank um, and AirBudsPod.com for everything else. Um, we have a special guest today, and this is a special podcast because Ooh. it is time to talk about arguably the best playoffs happening right now, the WNBA playoffs. You know her as a content creator from the In the Clutch pod, currently at Overtime and NBA TV. Welcome to the podcast, the one and only rocking the orange hoodie, Nia Simone. Hey, guys. How are you? Oh, my God. We are so damn good right now. Thank you for doing the show. <laughs> Thank you. We have, a, we have a lot. A lot, a lot to talk about. What's uh, what's what's like? Just kind of before we get into our agenda, kind of your top line thoughts on the wobble and the season that was, and um, you know, we'll, we'll get into superlatives and playoffs. But what has kind of been the thing that stuck out to you from this wobble experience so far? Yeah, of course. I mean, the main issue that we've all dealt with all year was social justice. Um, and I want people to understand that the WNBA has always been vocal. The WNBA has always um, had a voice and and are really good at speaking out on things that happen in our world in the world. So um, I think 
one of the most powerful days, of course, was when the boycott happened or, um, I mean, gosh, they've been advocating for Brianna Taylor all season. So just to see how um, strong and, and just knowing that these women have been here for almost 90 days, uh, day in and day out, there's injuries. You have uh, players dealing with personal issues. It's a lot going on in our world. And so uh, I just commend these women for being mothers, um, being trailblazers, and really being a voice um, for just the Black community and people of color um, and women, period. Uh, and just, you know, doing their do jobs, but also making sure that they keep their foots on their necks. So, um, yeah, shout out to the W. Yeah, shit is real. Uh, and there's finally some movement in the uh, Breonna Taylor case. And I feel like you, you can't act like what the league did this year didn't have something to do with that. Of course, of course. Still a lot of work to be done. But, um, yeah, some some big stuff happened. Um, but, yeah. From a zero-sum uh, perspective, I totally agree with you that the WNBA has always led and always kind of been on the forefront of talking about these issues and integrating it into everything about the W. Do you think with them playing at the same time at the NBA that it's kind of helped? I feel like the W's getting, maybe it's just I am getting, like as, as I have befriended Jamel, he has dragged me in a good way into learning and following the W more and more. So I'm not sure if it's my perspective or if there's an actual kind of, larger because of like Twitter and Instagram that but the W either going along with the NBA it feels like the more shine that the W actually gets it kind of contributes to bringing more light to the issues that have always kind of been forefront with them yeah yeah um I I think that you know it's still a challenge because there are times where there's some NBA games going on with the WNBA um but I do think that this season in particular was a season of growth. Um, I've seen a lot of growth. I've been around since since the Atlanta Dream came to Atlanta. Um, so well over 12 years, um, I've been going to games since I was a kid. So just seeing how much um, the league has progressed this year, it can only grow even more. But I do think that in some way, um, having them going on at the same time with the NBA is really good. I would like to see more collaboration from both leagues. Um, I think that can help the W a lot, uh, just collabing with the NBA on on different things. Um, even going back to what I just said earlier with the social justice thing, you know, pretty much them having each other's backs kind of thing. Like, what can the WNBA and the NBA do? Um, because right now, these are the two most watched um, leagues going on right now um, before the NFL even started. So. You know, I, I do think in a way it has helped them, um, but it also sucks because, again, when the NBA is playing at night, the NBA playoffs going on nine times out of 10, your average viewer, or average sports watcher, viewer are going to watch the NBA. That makes sense. Can I ask you guys something? And I look, if this is in poor taste, a whoopsies, but can how fly can you get with uh, a socially active shirt? Like, what is the lip? Like, when I seen the Mystics come out with the Breonna Taylor shirt and they had the, everybody had the name spread out, and then they put the bullet holes on the back, yeah. my first thought was kind of like, oh, that's hard. And then I looked at my closet and I was like, damn, I got some, I got the dames that go with that real night. But then I was like, <laughs> wait, this lady really got shot, bro. Don't put fucking outfits together in your mind, dude. 
Well, it was for it was actually for Jacob Blake when they oh, came right, out right. with those shirts. Yeah, th- those were the gunshots of Jacob Blake. The seven from shots. The You're right. Yes. So um, they pretty much did that to send a message. Not so much of like, oh, we're just you know, it's a fashion statement, but more of like, okay, uh, we're gonna show you guys. All right. So not only are we boycotting, but we're gonna come out with these shirts. Um, so shout out to the Mystics. They have really, really been um, advocating really largely in the in the Wubble. And I mean, I would say I would go farther than that. I would say DMV teams mm-hmm. kind of lead yeah. the Ravens, Wizards, yeah. and the Mystics. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is about Jamel, your your stomping grounds, but maybe like it's because it's it's just the best place on earth. Maybe that's just the answer. I can't I can't argue. I can't argue <laughs> with that. Um, I, I I met George Clooney at a at a rally uh, once, so you know I have to agree with you. Okay, I I've, I want to bring up a point though, Nia, that you just said before because um, if you if you do join the 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 Airbuds Patreon, you you get to into the Slack, which has about a hundred ravenous basketball heads, and one of the coolest moments that I thought the Slack has had in a really long time was everybody losing their minds collectively for Game Seven of the Clippers, but also having Jamel's heart get stomped on at the same time by the Mer- uh, by Mercury. The, the Mercury, mm-hmm. just with maybe the best buzzer buzzer beating shot in yeah. either league. It was so I and, and I know you're right. Like, it's really hard to balance both of these playoff games and stuff happening at the same time. But at least in a moment, in at least our bud slack that it outshined the Clippers just stinking and uh, we really haven't talked about it on this pod. So I also want to would love to hear your thoughts on it and also mm-hmm. just kind of get in Jamel's sadness too for a little bit. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Peter. So really good game. Um, you know, at one point we're like, okay, the Mystics go ahead and they're going to come out with this because uh, the Mercury was trailing pretty much the entire game. And then all of a sudden, five minutes later, uh, towards the end of the game, last five minutes, um, the Mercury went on the 17 and 0 run. Um, and you know, that kind of that Diana Taurasi, it, it popped out the Diana Taurasi we're scared of the scary site DT, uh, she came out, sky came out. Um, and then of course, Shay Petty, incredible story because she was cut from the mystics just a month ago. So for her to knock Look, that down, huge. <laughs> we lost 10 straight games, dog. What was we supposed to do? I think it was destiny. I mean, I'm glad she hit the shot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't know if we had any business in the playoffs. And really, I don't think Skylar Diggins got enough credit for the pass. Perfect pass. Perfect timing. Unbelievable. Very similar to Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. to Anobi in the corner where you're like, this pass, and it was the same way too. It like threw Perfect it up as arc. high as it did far. It yep. was like rookie of the year when he like throws the softball pitch at the end. It was right just in her flawless. fucking hands. Flawless pass. And mm-hmm. uh, I knew as soon as she caught it, I was like, all right. I might as well turn the TV off. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Petty did a great job because in those moments, I know for me, just speaking as a former athlete, um, in those moments, there's so much going on through your mind. Like, oh my gosh, I have to knock the shot down. I have four seconds left, whatever the time is, you know? Um, so she was so poised, so confident, um, really good pump fake that she did before she great let the pump shot fake. off. Yeah. So when you think about these things, you think about um, from an athlete standpoint about are you able to, if there's four seconds or two seconds left in the game, can you be our go-to person? So 
when we think of someone like Shea Petty, now Shay has not even really played a lot. Um, like I said, her story is crazy. Um, she, she was coaching last year. She was coaching. She was a video, uh, video assistant at one point for the team. Um, you know, she's mainly spent most of her professional career overseas. Um, she's had a couple of times where she's came in the WNBA, but she always got cut. So uh, when we think about these things, when we think about the next man up or when your name or your number is called, is to always be prepared because you never know when your time is going to come. So I really hope that the Mercury um, continues and, and keeps Petty on the roster because um, she could really bring a lot to the team. I mean, if there's actually a draft next year, I, hey, at least give her the film job back. What? So, did it did it spoil it a little bit that they lost, that they couldn't make it out of the the single elimination round? I mean, I don't. I think it was a nice moment, but it didn't seem like. It does seem kind of like the four best teams are. Are are playing right now? At least yeah. in my, in, in in my sense. I do you like the this? Do you like the single elimination? So I. I have mixed emotions about it um, because it's also like, it's really intense and it kind of adds a little uniqueness. Um, But also it's just one of those situations where it's like, I do think that they should implement having a series for the first two rounds, or at least maybe single elimination, the first round and then second round, best out of three, like how they're doing right now. Well, it did seem a little fast to do it back to back single elimination. But then I also have to remember, so when we think about the WNBA, um, a lot of people don't, don't know or don't realize that a lot of these women go straight overseas after the season's over. So, for instance, um, a couple of dream players have, are already overseas, you know, and they just left the wobble last week. Oh, so, shit. yeah. So and, and this is how these women make most of their money. Um, so that's when, you know, we go back to just the WNBA being more against some uh, equality, pay equality and stuff like that. This is how most of these women are able to pay their bills and to survive going overseas six months out of the year. So a lot of these players, once uh, the wobble's over, a lot of them um, are going overseas, you know, not so much of the, like the big name people. Like for instance, like I know, um, I know, Let's see, people like Diana Taurasi probably won't go overseas because there's just no need for her to do that anymore. Um, But when you have young players, uh, rookies and stuff like that, nine times out of 10, they're going overseas straight after the wobble. Shout out to a friend of the pod, Sabrina Merchant. We had a big like CBA uh, pod after they signed and it did still feel like it was a lot of progress was made, Mm -hmm. but like still leaves a lot of room for them to like, put some more money into these players pockets and into the league because like I I would argue that like, you know, you see all these MLS teams that are constantly getting like churned out over and over again. And like, I, I I think this is a, I mean, I know it's different sport, but I just like, this is a better product. This is like good fucking sport. And I think that there's still like a lot, a lot of room to grow to get them to hopefully not have to, yeah, burn the candle in multiple continents at the same time because it affects the product that you put out or that they put out here coming in hurt all the time, you know, missing because they're just finishing up their seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what if I got property in Greece though? What if I want to check on my Grecian estate, Peter? I mean, listen, I'm not stopping you. I would just hope you would invite me. I can quarantine. (laughs) I'm not afraid. 
invites coming. Long story short, the final should be seven games. I think I don't yeah. know what like that's just come on guys. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's easy enough. What, what? Why not, man? Why not? Yeah, I, I think um, hopefully you know five years from now, whenever um, there will be a lot of changes, but just as of right now, I I can understand why they have to you know speed up the season, which is uh, Kathy Engelbert had already said that. Uh, prior to when they were trying to figure out how they're going to go about, because you got to remember COVID actually messed a lot of things up too. Now, granted, this is around the time the WNBA season is wrapping up and they're in playoffs and stuff like that. But of course, things have to have been rushed where you have games back to back every single day. Um, that is why there were so many freaking injuries in the wobble this year, because you've had athletes sit at home for four and a half, five months who can't do anything really. And then you kind of speed that process up like, hey, you guys got to get to Orlando. It's so-and-so time. Here's the thing. You're going to be playing every other day or every single day back-to-back. There's a lot of back-to-back games. So um, I don't know. I, I don't really like that process because, again, a lot of them do go overseas, and that's not okay. enough time to really rest. So I definitely hadn't thought about it from the rest perspective before. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let's, okay. Let's – Let's jam through the rest of the playoffs here before we get into some other superlatives. We've got – in the moment we are recording this pod, we have multiple screens going of uh, Vegas and Connecticut Suns uh, balling out right now. And I would say, like, listen, as someone who is not as um, – is not as in deep as Jamel is on the WNBA, I – I and I feel like – and tell me if I'm wrong here, Nia – I feel like the Suns kind of have a little bit of like a Spurs vibe where mm-hmm. I'm just like, you guys keep going deep in the playoffs all the time. And like, I'm in LA, I follow the Sparks. The mm-hmm. whole narrative of the Sparks was like, oh, this is their year. They're really putting it together now. Like, yeah. oh, Derek Fisher isn't trash anymore. Like, mm-hmm. believe it. Him and Candace Parker like each other. They're doing good things. And then the Sun just come in and just roll them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any like, is the Spurs a good comp? Like, wh- how would you, like, describe to, like, a little bit more of a novice like me, like, w- the vibe of the Sun and kind of, like, their franchise? Yeah, I, I can actually see where you're coming from with that. Um, I know that I know that this season I kind of had already counted them out, the Connecticut Sun, because they started off with a very slow season. Um, they were like 0 and to, 4 or something, right? Yeah, they were 0 and 5. Yep, 0 and 5. Um, and they were just trying to get acclimated, you know, with adding Devonna Bonner in. You know, you have a couple of returners in, like Alyssa Thomas, Jasmine Thomas, um, Jonquil Jones did not play the season, and she was a huge asset to the Sun last season. So uh, I think they really had to figure it out and get that chemistry going. But I did not expect them to get this far this year. Um, but see, that's how I was. I think it was, uh, was it the 20, 2018, 2019 uh, season? I'm sorry, 2019 season, how they had made it that far. And I know a lot of people are like, whoa, like the Connecticut Sun. But it's always, when I think of the Sun, I think of them that way because they've never been this good. Never. So I, I can compare it somewhat to the Spurs of them being that team, that sleeper team but you don't want to sleep too hard because they are very talented. I, it's like, I, I kind of agree, mm-hmm. but just, like their style of play is like different. different. It's like uh, the Spurs, it's like, uh, 
his ball movements, right. a, lot of, a lot of open threes and stuff. And right. uh, the the son is just like, they kind of grind it out on you. Alyssa Thomas and Dewana Bonner can just kind of get whatever they want in the paint. And, uh, I mean, Dewana Bonner this year, she deserves some sort of uh, extra nod, changing teams. And, like, it's like they replaced Courtney Williams with a, mm-hmm. uh, like, a foot taller Courtney Williams. <laughs> she could just, like, get her own shot. It's, like, crazy. Um I mean, I think Vegas might be in trouble. I mean, and I, yeah, I'm saying that because they're losing in front of my eyes right now. But uh, <laughs> they're built they're, they're built for playoff ball. Like, yeah. they can play real ugly. Yeah. I, I, I want people to understand, like, you can't, keep, you can't keep sleeping on these type of teams because when you get caught sleeping, slipping, then, you know, they're going to come up behind you. But, yeah, I mean, the Sunday, I mean, Jasmine Thomas, my goodness, Lord. Jasmine Thomas, um, DC legend. Yeah, man. I, you. I, you know, she was here in Atlanta at one point. I really, really miss her because um, not only was she just a good, kind person, but um, she she's a hustler. She can, you know, get on the floor. She's very scrappy. Um, she has a beautiful mid-range shot. Um, but, yeah, the sun, the sun are pretty special. I don't know. It's, it's best out of five here, so we'll see. If, the, if Vegas loses, I mean – well, first thing I'm blaming it on is I'm blaming it on Bill Lambeer not keeping his Rambo hair. For yes. sure. Why? That what are you was, doing? Yeah, dude that that had a chance. I know this is a women's league, but like that was that was a unifier for all of us. Like, it was. look like a psych. Like a, you should look like Tom Cruise in Born on the Fourth of July. Like, let's go, man. Lose your mind with your hair. Okay. It's like it, it's scary and entertaining for everybody. <laughs> He's still wearing weird pants, though. I feel like he got like. <laughs> He got like cargo jeans on or something in there. Like he's wearing like golf pants. Something something is off about him in general. <laughs> but they're not the WNBA teams don't really blow up. That's not I feel like that's not how things go. But like this would be like the third straight disappointing season. And mind you, I actually don't think they'll lose. Like they gotta figure out a way to pull it out. If you have the MVP and the six man and uh a top tier coach and you got a couple other pieces around that you you think you think they could figure it out you know caleb mcbride let's talk about the 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 sixth man of the year award jamel i know you had a a a, at least also like a a superlative question about it which i think is fair and i think it also relates to the the oscars as well but i think you posing that to nia is a good place to start well here's my question Derek hamby wins sixth woman of the year uh first thought two thoughts one is the fact that her kid is the cutest kid in mm-hmm. the bubble did that play a factor in her winning the award i highly doubt that but fair, <laughs> fair. i highly doubt that um derek hamby is a very hard worker um she's a huge huge asset to the aces um we all saw that last year when she shot uh that 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 buzzer beater from a uh, half court um so we know what she can do um I feel like at that moment that is what kind of laid down the foundation for her from this role on this team um and when you think about the sixth man the sixth man is not one of those people that try and do the most she could have a game where she has 15 rebounds and maybe eight points you know and then it could change maybe she has a double double she's got 15 she has 15 boards she has six assists you know she does the little things. She's cleaning up on the boards. 
getting those second chance shots. Um, she makes her presence known in the paint. So, um, and she's done that incredibly this season, of course. Yeah, can play inside and outside. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's the sixth man. What if, what if we called it the sixth ma'am? Okay, sixth ma'am. Is that, like. too, is that like, is that too cute? Are we doing too much with that? woman i do like six ma'am six ma'am is cool it does it's just, like it uh and this is why we want to ask yeah, you about it because we want to have any kind of you know suggestions but it does have a great ring to it, it it's does. got a bounce it bounces it does. off the you know there it's not nothing i like it six six ma'am mm-hmm. yeah and like emphasize the, that and you okay. exactly it's six ma'am <laughs> yes yes because i feel like it's six man but six yeah. ma'am it yeah really you, as long as you're going up on the end i think that that's a little yeah yeah Right. It also reminds me, too, and I know this is very not apples to apples, but it feels like it makes me think of how we've been in, you know, in Hollywood having best actor and actress categories for a really Mm -hmm. long time, which is Mm -hmm. bullshit because they've just really been having they've really just been splitting it up. So Meryl Streep just didn't run ham on all those dudes for the last 20 years, because, you know, if there was one actor category, it would have been just Meryl Streep winning that that sixth ma'am of the year for the for the Oscars the entire is time. Is Meryl Streep on your actress uh fantasy team? Oh yeah, dude. She's a staple. She's like my yeah. Oh dude. She's like the Christian McCaffrey of uh of, Pl- of actors. Player in the flex, yeah. do this, do that. But I like sixth ma'am. I think it's a it also feels like it has Look, really good t shirt potential as well. We'll for develop sure. it. Yeah, we're gonna develop it a little more. We're mm-hmm. gonna work on that. We're gonna fine tune that for a couple weeks. Yeah. Push that uh, on WNBA Twitter, they'll advocate for that for sure. They'll love okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to get in, man. I one time I thought I was in. I got Asia Wilson to respond to a tweet of mine after wow. the All-Star game in Vegas. Nice. It was that she was out. Remember, she was out with like a leg injury the last mm-hmm. like her ankle. real live. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but they had her like speak, you know, she did like a public address before the game and Obviously, they were turning up the night before. I don't know where everybody was, <laughs> but like, she sounded as raspy. I was like, I know this voice. This is I smoked a five pack of Dutch's voice. I know oh, this no. voice. And so I wrote. So I was like, I said, Asia Wilson sounds like she hit a whole gift set of backwoods. And then she responded like, Yo, chill. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, you're the real MVP, dude. <laughs> That shit was hard. Yeah. No, Asia's authentic. She's so real. She's so funny. Um, I love her personality. And of course, you know, when it's time, when it's time to hoop, she's ready to hoop. So yeah. I, I blew it. She said, yo, chill. And then I did the fan thing where I was like, please uh, follow me. Look at my, <laughs> please look at my things. Yo, have you checked out her pod with her and uh, Natisa Collier? Yes. Ooh. I Cross actually did pod? listen to it recently. It's really good. It's, it's a really it's good pod. Good. They've been yeah. getting some big yes. interviews, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had Steph Curry, Dame. Uh, they had a couple people come through. So um, I like what they're putting together. I'm really excited to see like what type of content the players themselves have documented throughout the Wubble and stuff like that. And hopefully we can get more of a behind-the-scenes take um, from the WNBA. I just feel like right now um, they don't necessarily push the narrative of these women as human beings like yes there's the storylines of them being mothers speaking out on social justice um a part of the lgbtq communities and stuff like that but let's see more of their personality let's see more of who they are as individuals and as women um aside from those three categories 
NBA That's Twitter fair. has definitely done more for the WNBA than the NBA has, yeah. like for sure. Are you like it's all they're all yeah it's and it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating, but it is like at least enjoyable to see like most of these women shine their have, have their personalities shine through on mm-hmm. on somewhere and like if they're not going to be given that platform, they've definitely taken it and I that pod was great. I'm excited yeah. about that pod to see where that goes for sure. Uh, speaking of which, nice little segue: Nafisa Collier and the Minnesota Lynx making the semis kind of unexpected i think everybody had chicago in that spot mm-hmm. in the preseason i did i did for sure have same, chicago same. There. <laughs> and uh i mean but you know sylvia fowles good leadership good co- coach mm-hmm. of the year which i speak i saw uh somebody posted i think it was rachel banham her account is kind of funny now yeah. it's it's pretty tame i feel like players have to be tame because they're players but uh i laughed and i don't it doesn't I don't think it has anything to do with me having a crush on her, but I think it's a funny account. A lot of photo bomb I was like, you're laughing a little too hard at this photo bombing stuff, Jamel. But it <laughs> was it, it is good. And she posted a video of Cheryl Reeve hitting a whoa. It was like her birthday. Mm-hmm. Hit the whoa in the uh the the, the pre came the, the the end of practice huddle. And I always nothing's better than a a, a white coach dancing. I think college football is the best at displaying a white coach dancing, but Cheryl Reeves got a couple moves, but do the Minnesota Lynx really have a shot against Seattle? The streets say no. What say you? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to say that I do feel like they have the, one of the best shots um, because when you think about it, it's nothing but a roster full of young, young players. Um, Crystal Dangerfield, of course, just got a rookie of the year. Crystal has always been a dog. I mean, since high school, I follow her since high school. So of course the things that she's done at UConn to now, um, I know a lot of people didn't expect it because she did uh, get drafted number 16, but um, these are the type of players you do not want to sleep on. Um, Of course they said she's undersized. She's not going to be able to compete. And she showed what she can do on top of that. We have Nafisa Collier. Her and Nafisa have played side-by-side together at UConn. Um, Of course, you have Sylvia Fowles. You have that vet. She's back from that ankle injury. So, honestly, the Lynx are a very scary sight, and I advise everyone not to sleep on them. I don't know if they're going to, like, completely come out, but I know it's going to be a really, really good series, Um, and I know that they will not go down without a fight. I agree. Uh, And they finished strong, too. You know, mm-hmm. had a couple nice weeks to close out the year. Mm-hmm. Now, that, now that you've talked them up, though, what's your prediction for the series? Between the Storm between and the, the Lynx? Yeah, between the Storm and the Lynx. Mm. We need it on record. I would say Storm and Five. Okay. Storm and Five. And then okay. with uh, um, Vegas and Suns right now, who, let's, just, let's, uh, let's lay it out. I mean... <laughs> Listen, if there's one thing we know on this podcast, it's that nothing that you say is ever held against you, mm-hmm. and you're allowed to be wildly wrong and um, ignore podcast it. But if you're correct, you yeah. get to come back and just dance and do whatever you want. So, mm-hmm. so feel feel uh, liberated to uh, ride hard for whoever you're, you're feeling right now. Crazy because I feel like both of these games will go on game five. So I'm gonna have to say aces in five as well. Um, but I, I do have the Storm and Aces battling it out for the championship. I do. Um, that was. I think that was. Well, no, I had the Sparks at one point. Sparks and Storm. Um, 
but no, I do have the aces and storm uh, battling out in the championship. Uh, yeah, same. I think I, I would say aces and five storm and four. Okay. I just, I just think that, you know, Natasha Howard is just, <sighs> yeah. What she is, is the, so raw? And that's her former team too. So what does it also <laughs> yeah. say about like, is there anything to be thought of or looked into or reacting to with Liz Cambage out for all this? Like, does mm. it make it like, or is it just kind of like, oh, she'll come back next year and it'll be fine? Is there something to like look into that in any kind of, you know, I feel like Ewing theory is a bit aggressive, but just like, if they're competing for the champion, and I know also the Wubble too, just like the bubble, it's like, I mean, I don't know if it would be potentially Heat and Nuggets in the semifinals, but like, just what do, how do we process this of having the Aces potentially in the finals? Succeeding without her? Without Liz? Mm. Yeah, a little bit. Or just like if there's, maybe there's nothing to look into it. I'm, I'm more asking. I think that, um, it showed us that they are without Liz, who was a huge factor for them last season. Um, it shows that they, with regardless of which, that they can still compete without her. Um, she is a large piece, but I don't think it's going to be anything too deep as if like, oh, well, maybe we don't need Liz anymore um, because um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's a really good question, but. But also in the dubs, I feel like players taking years off isn't that uncommon. Mm. It, it's for, like, various reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, with everything going on with COVID and, you know, her coming from her home country and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, this is also no reflection on her sitting yeah. out at all. Like, I mean, everyone has to do what they should. And I'm of with course. you that, like, I'm just curious, like, from more even, like, an X and O standpoint, like, mm-hmm. does the ball flow better without? Like, is there, mm-hmm. is there more space for Asia mm-hmm. to kind of thrive in this is it just kind of like she comes back and now they're just adding another weapon good point like i I don't i'm 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 at least kind of naive and also curious to just kind of how that factors in or how you think about it as you watch them play right now yeah good point i didn't even think about that either um yeah i i do feel like the ball has flown better um without her there now her presence in the paint from the aggression standpoint, um, I think it's missed just a little bit, um, but you do have Asia, but this, I mean, as we're looking at, you know, the first half highlights, Asia is bullying them in the paint, you know, and that's pretty much what Liz does is she bullies. So uh, just having Dierica and Asia both being able to play off of each other this season, I think it showed that both of them together is really, really good. Um, So maybe they do need to take that into consideration, but, the ball is moving a lot better, a lot, lot better. And Asia is able to be more free in the paint and and do what she needs to do from the high post down to the paint. Because Liz is definitely dominant and like, you know, take everything again, I'm saying with a, a big grain of salt because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just not as watching as much. But it does feel like there's this thing of like, I feel like I see a lot of Cambage working from the high post and it's a little bit of like, a little bit of like a kind of Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, or like mm-hmm. early LeBron AD, where it's like, is it better if we don't have two players who thrive here in that same spot? And I also don't see Liz as someone who is valuable in spreading her out because like her best asset is just like mm-hmm. bodying in the paint, getting offensive boards, and also kind of being a little bit of that distributor from the from the 
on the post. But I guess that's probably a good problem to have for Lambeer next year. For sure. I mean, yeah, she's a DJ. She's definitely coming back. You got to get that Vegas residency. You need that. We need the win. We need a, we need a night at the Win Hotel. So we'll go from there. Uh, here's a, what else do I have? Okay, so the Sparks uh, came up short another season. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Candace Parker's best seasons. Mm-hmm. Defensive player of the year. It's like her 14th fucking season. That's nuts. Yep. Uh, she's kind of expressed some uh, dissatisfaction with the organization. What do the Sparks do? Mm, so Is it, I don't know. It seems like it's too deep. Is it too late to move her? I don't know. The thing about this, and this is what's going to be tricky, is the fact that, of course, I think um, when you think about the L.A. Sparks, you cannot think about the Sparks without Candace Parker now. Um, and so Candace is, you know, this is year 13 for her. And um, when we think about these things, Candace is is doing a lot of other things. She has her hands in a lot of different pots from, you know, of course, being on TNT and, and stuff like that. So she's getting to the point where she's ready for a championship. You see what I'm saying? Um, been in the league entirely too long. She wants another championship before she actually retires. Um, I don't know how many years left we have to see CP uh, battle it out in that, that that gold and purple uniform. But I do know, even from last season, she was um, not really happy with the decisions that Derek Fisher has made from the coaching standpoint. Um, and of course, we all saw it last year in the playoffs. Um, so... I highly doubt that LA would want to see her walk away. So I'm sure that they'll do whatever they can to make sure that she is happy with the position that she's in right now. Um, But they're tired of saying next year, we'll get it next year. We'll get it next year. Why not this year? You had the team, you have the talent, you had a lot of healthy players at that. Uh, You had a young rookie like Taya Cooper come in and really do her thing um, without Chrissy Tolliver being there. So this was the year. I feel like a lot of people thought that this was the year. What went wrong is the question. And it's evident and it shows that it's not only just a team, but just some of the decisions that have been made um, from either the coaching or whoever. I have to say, this is a long conversation that we have yeah. not mentioned Derek Fisher's name yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just don't think that that's gonna work I like is it also like it's a weird situation though because like no one wants to step out and be like i am pro Derek fisher and anything but also it's it's like yeah you're right it's like are we going to is this enough of a culture change we're gonna side with our best well one of our best franchise players who's at the end of her career kind of yeah and it like it just is not enjoyable to continue to watch uh, Derek Fisher coach I think she, look, man. <laughs> in, in, the, in either in, in, in any league. I want to see more of the drama. I need this thing turned up to Kobe levels. <laughs> it's either him or I'm going to fucking Chicago. You could take three Stephanie Dolsons with you. I'm out of here. Yeah. I and I need that. this shit to be super public. And then I need a video of her. Uh, jumping over a Lamborghini as well. You remember that year? <laughs> Kobe yeah. was going nuts that year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, um, it'll be an interesting off season. Um, I know that the W is a little bit more private when it comes to 
things that may go on behind the scenes. Um, and I've always thought like, you know, maybe that stuff was, was kind of brought to light a little bit more or maybe talked about a little bit more than that's even more coverage for them. Um, not necessarily like drama, 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 but players should be allowed to demand for what they want, especially as much as blood, sweat, and tears that Candace Parker has put into this organization for the past 13 seasons. Um, and, you know, we, again, we saw that last season when he made that decision to take her out at a very crucial time during that game and she was not going for it. So, I mean, it's evident. We all know. Um, it's just more of like, when is it going to be addressed and what is the changes that's going to be made? Yeah, the dub, we, we need some, some more. We got to turn it up. You mm -hmm. said it earlier in the socials. And friend of the pod, Chinadu Unaka, he made a good point that um, the NBA wasn't the most popular. Like, they were playing finals games on tape delay in the early 80s. Yes. yes like, the, like Magic's rookie year. You couldn't watch a fucking game live. And then things got a little more dramatic, a little more physical. People are getting wild. And he suggested that the WNBA should make fights legal. I'm not saying that. That's not <laughs> that's not what Jamel's saying, but a little more emotion, sure. Yeah. And I saw, Candace Parker was throwing some darts uh, yes. on TNT last year. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diana Taurasi does, too a lot of darts so oh God, and they yes. try and you know quiet her down but it's like <laughs> people want to see that these are athletes we want to see their emotion we want to see their frustration so I think that's one of the biggest things that the WNBA needs to take away this season is how can we make this more even more interesting you know to where we want people to tune in like oh I have to watch this game because I know that Candace Parker and Liz Cambage may have you know had some words last game cool, let's tune in. I want to see what's going to happen next. That's what keeps people on edge. Think about going from the NBA standpoint, think about the Pacers in the heat. Who cares to watch the Pacers in the heat? I mean, well, I'm not going to say who cares. No, that's fair. Who cares is good. I mean, we, know, we, cared, we cared like nine years ago when right. it was like PG. When it was spicy. And, it was yeah. spicy exactly. As hell. exactly. But if you were to tell me now in 2020, oh, I'm just going to watch this Pacers in heat game because I really want to watch it. But the reason why people tuned in during these playoffs to watch the Pacers and Heat go back and forth is because of the whole drama with Jimmy Butler and um, what's his name? TJ uh, Warren. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we think about these things like, hey, how are we going to keep people reeled in? That is the biggest thing for the W right now. And that's why the Clippers ain't never going to win nothing because Kawhi <laughs> has no feelings. Change their name. This is it. Change their name. If they ever want to win anything, they're just like my beloved Cleveland baseball team. Change the name. Uh, Nia, anything else? We really appreciate your time here. Anything else you want to uh, shout out or kind of reflect on on the, uh, the, the wobble as we wrap it up? Yeah, no, I mean, hey, just tune in. Some really good basketball. These women work hard. These women are mothers. They are um, activists. They are a lot of different things. Um, so I'm glad to see that you all are tuned in um and i hope that this league continues to grow and more people you know take a chance on covering them hell yeah we really appreciate you joining us um you're welcome back anytime to talk uh to talk any kind of basketball cool. and uh yeah and uh just uh, tell the people again where, where they can find your work mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nia on Air. That is N I A on Air. You can also follow our podcast, uh, In the Clutch Podcast with me and Malik. Uh, we drop an episode every Thursday. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at In the Clutch Pod. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of uh, any ball, our last time uh, when I was talking to you about booking the getting the schedule right, mm-hmm. you was uh, at a, uh, some AAU tournaments. Like, who's yes. uh? And I know AAU ball is nuts right now because mm-hmm. they kind of were like one of the first to like change the regulations on COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is there a is there a squad we should be looking for on Instagram? They're all they all have better Instagram accounts than all of us. <laughs> Who is there any team to look out for in the coming months? Yeah, so for the young guys, I'm 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 uh, got my hands in both for girls and boys basketball, but um, on the guys side, the Skills Factory. Um, really, really good program. Um, if you don't know much about the Skills Factory, I advise you guys to lock in because there's a lot of young, talented guys who are really going to make some noise on the next level. And then for on the girls' side, FBC United, um, they are the number one team in the nation right now. Um, the number one player uh, for her class um is well actually i'm sorry the number one player in the nation right now raven johnson she's here from atlanta um she's going to south carolina next season so um man some really really good basketball there's just so much talent everywhere and i always think about like who is going to be next up with these kids so definitely lock in um atlanta has some really good aau teams um there's a lot of other good aau teams around the nation um but those in particular i've worked closely with both of those teams and just seeing what they can do is incredible. Oh, and my former AAU team, Georgia Pearls, um, the number three player in the nation, Sonia Fagan, is actually going to South Carolina as well. Um, so her and Raven are coming in together. Very excellent programs. Um, and some really good basketball to watch. Okay. Also, Georgia Pearls may be one of the best basketball team names I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes. Uh, gang, gang. Gang, uh, gang. Shout, shouts out to uh, Alicia Clark and Andrew McCautry, who did not make the program. Uh, we look forward to seeing you guys hoop in the, in the finals. Uh, get Andrew McCautry a title. Uh, make it a hashtag. Uh, amen. And God bless. Also, the uh, the, the sun are up uh, 14 on uh, on the aces right now, so ignore everything we said earlier in this podcast. Yeah, nothing, none of it, none of it matters. Okay. None of it matters. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks, Nia. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Peace. Peace.